Hey y'all, I am Emily Newton and I am privileged to be able to bring you a word or two of grace today. So behind me is our Christmas tree and although you can't see it in its fullness, it is indeed gap-filled, old, and fake from Home Depot. And I poke fun at it every year saying to my husband as he hauls it from the garage every Saturday after Thanksgiving that this is the year. This is the year that I'm going to throw that thing by the curbside and buy a nine-foot beauty from a local nursery, one whose branches are already full and don't require my fluffing or tape or string for that matter to make, make them lay correctly. But this year, for me, the act of decorating felt urgent, tender even, perhaps because I knew that it was meeting a deep need of mine. So as I handed a particularly tacky ornament to my three-year-old for her to add to our tree's lower branches, I was in a space to realize that the ornaments that I ironically hold most dear are those that misalign with the hopes that I have for maintaining a lovely and curated and polished and beautifully decorated tree. They aren't the ones that match the hand-painted glass ornaments that I've been slowly collecting over the past decade. They're the ornaments that others have gifted me, friends perhaps not privy to my tastes or preferences, it's the modge podged remnants of a uh, preschooler's morning spent in the art studio at school that make me soften the most. The mismatched snowflake that a parishioner gifted us to commemorate my husband's first Christmas as rector. The faded felt miniature candy cane from my own childhood. It's the ornaments that don't seem to fit amongst the others the broken, the jaded, the lackluster and fraying ornaments that bring tears to my eyes. When I think about 2020 and ask myself what it is that has ornamented my life, it is not beautiful. It has been gritty and dark and uncomfortable. Just as the painted pine cone hanging on the back of our tree can prick me when I grab at it. This year has broken my skin, made me bleed a little. Mostly I have not liked what I have seen, both in myself and in the world around me. And yet, what an ornament to add to my tree. While fondness is certainly not the right word, I will choose to reflect on 2020 with an openness and trust that even as I look upon its shape with a crinkled nose and a fair bit of pain and resentment, this year is working as part of the whole. It's also fitting for me to consider the ways in which our current reality within this pandemic parallels the thematic points and tone of Advent. We look back in grief and pain, acknowledging the depravity of this past year, 
but also acknowledging the ways that Jesus entered in amidst it all. And we also look to the future, the not yet, and we wait. The Book of Common Prayer maintains that the Christian hope is to live with confidence in newness and fullness of life and to await the coming of Christ in glory and the completion of God's purpose for the world. And so that's where my faith lies now, in both the action of bearing witness to what God has already done in Christ Jesus and in my passive waiting as I look expectantly to the day that he will usher in a new Jerusalem. Advent and perhaps 2020 in general is and has been the space in which we lift our eyes to the heavens as the prophet Isaiah does in chapter 64, verse one, proclaiming, oh, that thou wouldst rend the heavens and come down. And indeed he did, and he will again. Jesus Christ broke into the darkness and the grit of that stable, just as he breaks into the darkness of this year in this pandemic, in the tender and unexpected form of a baby. And so as we struggle and cry out in this season, as we surely are and will, let us also wearily rejoice, calling upon the cries that Jesus incarnate made the moment that Mary delivered him unto us, broken, jaded, lackluster, and fraying as we may be. Amen.